as, as Christians who are walking the earth in the year 2021, we know that we are standing on the shoulders of giants. We are standing on the shoulders of giants like Augustine and Luther and Calvin and Amy Carmichael and others who have gone before us proclaiming the name of Christ so well, teaching us the doctrines of Christ, helping us walk even today in sound doctrine as we discussed in Adult Bible Fellowship this morning. And um, there's a similar feeling to being a pastor at Westchester, that, that uh, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, and I'm not just talking about Pastor Dave McKinnon. I'm talking about all those who came before him and I. Of, of men who faithfully preached the Word of God, who called people to repentance, who repented of their own sin, and who sought to worship the name of God more than they sought to lift up their own name. One of those giants is Paul Bowden, who was a pastor here from 1985 to 2003, uh, and his 18-year ministry is is in some ways, maybe more visible in our building than others, as we have a, a gym and a CE wing that we use quite regularly that were built under his tenure, although he would be quick to point out that it's not because he's a skilled architect, but because God is a faithful God. Um, although if you have any architecture pointers, we'd love to hear them. Um, and so it is my, my privilege this morning to uh, welcome up uh, a man who, who stood in this pulpit for a long time, and to hear him preach from it one more time. So, Pastor Paul, please come on up. Good morning. Great to see familiar faces again, as Kent has said, and those of you we have not met, but we know we're all part of the body of Christ, and he's the one who makes it all happen. I hope that you Hawkeye fans and Psycho fans are happy today. Is that right? Any sports fans here? Yeah, we got a few. We always have a challenge in our family because Gretchen went to the University of Iowa and did her master's degree there, and played in the Iowa Hawkeye band. So we went to a lot of Hawkeye bands, Hawkeye games, and it was hard for us as Badgers, and we almost got converted. <laughs> I think it was more in form than substance. So we used to have a lot of fun, especially when Hawkeyes come to Wisconsin, and then we're really conflicted, and we just pray and let the Holy Spirit work it out. You know, the Lord, he just smiles when he sees those games. Of course, he knows who's going to win. He's a good Calvinist, as you, <laughs> as you know. Right? Well, we got some Calvinists among us this morning. That's, that's great. Well, life with the Lord is a lot of fun, you know. Hope you're enjoying that life. And, of course, sports is just a little sideline of it. But Fair and I are... Most grateful to be here today to celebrate with you this milestone in your lives as a church family. 50 years, congratulations, it's awesome. 
God has really been, been good to, to the Westchester Evangelical Free Church operating from this particular location, 4919, for 50 years, touching the immediate community, the city, the state, the nation, and around the world through the missionary, through the missionary family. Our daughter Rachel, our oldest daughter Rachel, sends greetings and her love to you today. Rachel, I believe, was a junior in high school when we came here. And uh, she teaches school nearby city from Madison in the ESL program. And Gretchen is here somewhere. Hi, Gretch. <laughs> She's our second daughter, Barry Kent. And uh, what were you, a freshman when you came here? Freshman, I believe. And uh, so she sends her greetings through Kent this morning with our three wonderful grandchildren. Margaret, wonderful, right? Our grandchildren? Yeah, right. Everybody's grandchild is, is wonderful, right? And we pray for them. I hope you pray for your grandchildren. Amen. Yes, do that every day, that they'll come to know Christ and grow in him and go on to serve him and do his will. Um, and then our third daughter, Emily, married Mark Green there over at Phantom Ranch. Bible camp. Mark is in sales and development. And Mark and Emily, they have our two little girls, grandchildren. Eleanor's going to be six here pretty soon, just started kindergarten. Olivia's three, and Olivia can't figure out where Eleanor is because she's had her known her all her life. But she's making the adjustment, and things are going well. And we get a chance to see them. In fact, we'll be there for Grandparents' Day coming up the last part of September. So our family uh, brings you greetings. And Margaret, it's great to have you here, and Kirsten too. And uh, just to be reminded again of, of God's goodness and of God's grace. And such a loving, caring family. And we have many great memories of our time with you all here. And to realize again that it's only because of God's grace that we have the opportunity to serve together. But what was I going to talk about today? That's a good subject. What, what do you want me to talk about? Any questions? <laughs> we interviewed a pastor when I was in an interim, and um, he was from California. We were in Wisconsin, and we would listen to some of his messages, and he had his phone up on the pulpit, and um, if people wanted to text him about something he was saying in his message, they could do that. And it was very interesting. It was kind of, a, you know, I didn't quite know what was going on. And so he'd be preaching along, and all of a sudden he'd stop. He says, oh, I got this question about my message. So don't try that today, because I don't have, well, I do have my phone, but it's off. So anyway. <laughs> but uh, what should I talk about today? And um, you know, you've heard about the pastor who was uh, giving his morning message. And he stepped up to the pulpit. He said, you know, I have so much to say today, I don't know where to begin. Little fellow down here in the front row said, Pastor, please start toward the end. <laughs> so I'm not going to start quite at the end, but hopefully we won't be here for an hour or so. If I do, you start texting, okay? Please, please do that. So my mind turned to 1 Thessalonians, Paul's first letter to the church there. And um, 
on the screen, you'll see a little bit of um, the map where Paul went on the second missionary journey from Philippi and then down into Thessalonica. He was there, it says in the scripture there in Acts, probably three Sabbaths, but most feel he was there longer than that. And um, as he came into that city, of course, he came into a culture, right? A culture, a Roman Greek culture. And there was a Jewish synagogue there as well. And it was a seaport city, and there were Jews, there was a synagogue, as I said, there's Gentiles. All these particular things going on at that particular time. So Paul came with Silas and Timothy and preached the gospel, as it says there, of Jesus Christ. And they had such an uproar because of the gospel being preached and the people accepting Christ, the Jews as well as the Gentiles, they had to leave. And so they went on and finally ended up in Athens. And from Athens, Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica. And there he found out about what was going on in the church of Thessalonica. And when Timothy got back and reported, Paul then wrote 1 Thessalonians, the first letter that we have from him. We're going to put it on the screen this morning. I hope you can see the text because what I like to do is have people read the text. I like people involved, not to send a text, but to read the, read the scripture, okay? Let's stand and read the word of God as we give reverence to the word of God. When I was seminary, Dallas Seminary, we used to go to First Baptist Church and every time they read the scripture, they stood up. They did that in Nehemiah, remember? They stood up and read the scripture and gave credence, reverence to God's word. Let's read it together, shall we? Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love, and steadfast of hope in our Lord Jesus, in the presence of God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the Lord of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place faith toward God has gone forth. <clears throat> so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come when he raised him from the dead. Let's just bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word today that lives and abides forever. It's eternal, and because it's eternal, it's contemporary for all time. So we thank you for just these few moments together, historic moments, never be like this again, but we can come together to celebrate 
50th, 50 years here serving in this area. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit to be our teacher. May we be encouraged in your word. And we'll give you the praise. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the question I asked as I looked at this passage was, what are the ingredients of a thriving church? And you can probably ask that of your own self as well. What in your life makes you a thriving Christian? It can be done in, in a husband-wife relationship, in our families, all these particular things, because we all make up the church, local church, church universal around the world. So what ingredients make up a thriving, a thriving church? Well, when Paul came into Thessalonica there, as he mentioned in his letter here, he started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, what's the gospel? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4 tells us Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And of course, then he, he ascended. We know that gospel. I'm sure we do. But what does Paul say? He says, the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. So Paul came preaching the gospel, countercultural stuff. Man lives by reason. That's one world. There's the world of God's gospel. And Paul preached that gospel, came in, and people began, as it says there, responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he says something like this. He says, as he prays for them, giving thanks to God for their work of faith, for their labor of love, and for their steadfast hope. That's really Paul's trilogy. He uses it there. He uses it in 1 Thessalonians 5, I believe uses in other places in his letters. But he took those three things, faith, love, and hope, and said, you exercise faith in God for salvation. They turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. He says, you exercise faith, but it just wasn't a faith from the heart to not do anything. He says it exercised moving out to touch people in the area with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, You've, your testimony is heard all around the area because of your faith, but it came into a labor of love. In fact, you read through the letter there, he says, I don't really need to write to you about love. You already know about that in Christ. Receiving the love of God, letting it come through their lives to touch others, which in that time, they also had persecution. In fact, they even thought, what's going on? Are we in the tribulation period? That's why he writes 2 Thessalonians, to remind them, no, they're not, because they're still with with themselves, but they're in suffering, but Christ was there, and they endured, as well as they had that wonderful expectation. As you read the book, every chapter ends with the great hope that they had in Jesus Christ. So those three things came out of what? The gospel, the work of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfastness, steadfastness of hope. Now you can read this passage say, you know, that was really great. That happened back many years ago, AD 50. Sure, a nice story, and many today would say it is. Yeah, it's just nice, maybe something didn't even occur, but it's, it's a nice story. So why does it get up to our day? It's because Paul talks about here, as I mentioned, the gospel, the gospel. See, the gospel is not just man's, it's not man's story, it's God's story. 
that Christ, we know the story of Christmas, incarnate, lived out that life to show us who God is, but he went to the cross, pay your penalty for your sin and mine, conquered the grave. But it's the gospel that changed people in that day, and because the gospel is eternal, Christ is eternal, Christ has eternal work for us in the redemption, the gospel is very relevant today. I hope you thank God for the gospel when we see what's happening in our day. I don't even know who I am anymore. Discover that? We've all been neutered or something. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> not only that, but we live in a crazy day. And if you don't know the gospel and live, out it, live it out, you're going to have challenges because the gospel is very radical stuff. And as I think through the ministries of Westchester when we were here and things have already been talked about, Kent talked about, two Kents here <laughs> talked about these things. What made the work go? The gospel. All the way back to when it started down at Penn and Lyons. All the way up through the time to coming over here. Moving on through in our day up to where you are now. It's the gospel. Some of these things have been talked about, but as I thought about it again, when Pastor Doug has been talked about here, why did Pastor Doug continue to serve so faithfully? Because of the gospel? Matt Mays served with him a little while, and even Jeff McDowell did some visitation for us, and others who came and served, Jeff South and Bruce Bentley, all in the youth ministry. But what inspired those guys? The gospel. Pastor Lee has been talked about here. Fantastic ministry, great friend. What inspired Pastor Lee as he directed Christian education and developed the music ministry? Had a choir here second to none in the city. They did some traveling. If you'd like a clip, send you one if you want one. Send me a text, okay? Um, <laughs> but what inspired these guys? It was the gospel, see? What inspired some here to start a mops ministry? 40 moms, 100 Muppets. What inspired ABF, still going on today, right? What inspired the international ministry, SL ministry, and Sherry and others? Reaching some 400 adults and 100 children and many involved here in different ways, helping provide furniture and all kinds of things. What about the Chinese ministry? Our friend Ming just talked to Eileen this morning, home with the Lord, came to my office one day and he said, Paul, we need more, we need more space. We're growing out of our basement. He came to the church and things developed, still going on today here. Some of the men got involved in Promise Keepers. The women had Bible studies, talked about here, Young at Heart ministry. Pete Peterson taking people on trips. All kinds of mission programs were going on. Young people going on mission trips. Groups to the DR in Mexico. Some of us went to Romania a couple times. And one time we went with a group and built a playground over there. I remember coming downstairs to get our passports one time and discovered they were expired. I told Farrah, we don't have our passports. Well, they said you can get them in Chicago at O'Hare Airport, okay? 
We got there, you can't get him there. <laughs> Gotta go downtown. <laughs> Gotta go downtown. So we took a taxi downtown. And we started looking at our clocks. The plane's gonna leave. It's the afternoon here. So we sat and sat, learning patience and all those wonderful things that you're supposed to learn. Um, and so finally we got our passports. And we got on the taxi. In the taxi, we said to the taxi driver, hey, you know, our plane's leaving at such and such a time and we have to get to the airport. I wish you'd had that ride with us. <laughs> I mean, that guy was swerving through traffic. He must have been going 60 miles an hour. We missed the plane. <laughs> so we had to come hire a car and come back to Des Moines and we left from Des Moines the next morning. The others had already left and gone there. And so we finally got to Budapest and we still had another eight-hour bus ride to get to Bayouche, where we ministered with the REM ministry, Dr. Peter Lakachu. And fortunately, a group was coming to, the, to Budapest, to the airport there. They waited for us till we got to, Budapest, got to Budapest, and then we took the ride back with the bus for eight hours. It's amazing how God puts all things together, and in the process teaches you a little patience, doesn't he? But what I'm saying here today, and we could talk about a lot of other things. You talked about the buildings that went up during our ministry here in CE and the gym and then the parking lot over here on the east. People step forward to accomplish these ministries. And also, I might mention, we survived the flood of 93 and also 911. I came into the office one morning when Janine was there. She said, you heard what's happened? I said, no. So we got TV out and we started off looking at all these things. But what made all this work? Yes, the gospel, people believing the gospel, but it was the work of faith. It was the labor of love. It was the steadfastness of hope. Those three things became a part of Westchester, not only during our time here, but down through the whole history of the church. I'm just part of the trail of testimony. Fair and I and our family, we're just part of the trail of testimony. I'm not a giant. What, who said that this morning? <laughs> Goliath was the giant, right? Of course, the Lord is the giant, we know. But what's going on here? This whole trail of testimony. And sometimes, you know, we're in this era where we're trying to revise history. You know, this didn't happen that well, we need to learn from our mistakes and the things that have gone on so that we can become much more what God wants us to be. But I'm here to remind you this morning that all of the things that happened during our 18 years, those are behind us. And then Don and Dave and now Chuck, all of this is because of God's grace, but it's because of his giving us faith, love, and hope. That's what it's all about. And it should be for you as an individual in your own life as you live for Christ. That's the way to evaluate. How am I doing in faith? How am I doing in, in uh, love? How am I doing in hope? Amazing how God just summarizes that. That his church might continually be built, not upon us, but upon the rock, Jesus Christ. But someday, it's going to change, right? 1 Corinthians 13 says, now abides faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Is love. Why? Because God's love is eternal. See, faith someday is going to be sight. 
Hope is going to be a reality. But love goes on because God is love. God is love. Love doesn't find God. God defines love. It's pure. He has forgiveness. It's unconditional. But it goes on forever and ever and ever and ever because we're going to live with God, not just for time, but of course for eternity. And it's um, all because of his grace. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Sunday school teacher was teaching his junior high boys about justice and mercy and grace. And he said, what do you guys think about that? My little guy raised his hand. He said, teacher, justice is when the policeman stops you for speeding and gives you a ticket. Mm -hmm. Mercy is when God stops you and gives you a warning. He says, but grace is when the policeman stops you and gives you a Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> God's grace is more than a Krispy Kreme donut, but God's grace is unconditional. And his grace is unlimited, you see. It's untrackable. There's no end to it. And we should thank God every morning when we get up that God's grace is there for us today and we can live out his love through faith, having that wonderful hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he could come today, right? Amen. Got your bags packed? I hope you're looking up because he's the one who is the one within the many, our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. And what's our response? How are we going to respond to all this? Well, I believe Revelation 5 kind of summarizes it all. One of my favorite scripture, verse, scripture passages. One on the throne has this book, scroll with seven seals. Who's going to open the book? Who among humanity can open the book? The book of redemption. Who can open it? Look around. John starts weeping. No one there. Who's going to take the book? Who's going to open it? Who's going to redeem mankind? Ah, the lamb of the tribe of Judah, the lion. Lamb, a tribe of Judah, the one slain. He takes the book. He opens the seals. Judgment comes, but eventually he returns and sets up his kingdom, and there's new heaven and new earth finally. But what's the response? What's the response to such an act? The eternal act in history that changes everything and gives you and I opportunity to have faith Love and hope in a world where there's no hope. It's the Lord Jesus. I believe those words are on the screen, are they not, from Revelation? Let's stand and read them, shall we? I mean, this is one of the most emotional passages of Scripture, one of my favorites, Revelation 5, the response 
to the redemption, to the grace of God given to us in Jesus Christ. Let's read it. And they sang new song, saying, Worthy you take the book to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue, people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, might, honor, and glory, and blessing. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Don't miss the Savior. Live for Him each day. Thanks for the privilege. The Lord bless you.